Let's go actually kind of go the end of last season started this season to start our discussion here. The Lions, after last season's hot finish, they were the overwhelming favorite to win the NFC North this season and considered a, a dark horse or a contender in the NFC. Uh, were you a Lions believer at the start of this season? You know what? I was, and thanks for having me. But, yeah, I, I predicted this team would win 11 games this season and the NFC North, and uh, they exceeded those expectations. But, yeah, it really did start last season with that run. But, you know, the, the signs of success even started towards the end of 2021 when Dan Campbell relieved Anthony Lynn of his play-calling duties, got more say in that passing attack. You started to see division with Jared Goff behind that stout offensive line. And then obviously the torrid stretch to the finish line last year. I mean, it was this team proved they were for real. They proved they were no fluke. And then they had, then they got better. They got more aggressive in free agency. Obviously, that didn't work out with some entries. But then they had another three straight years of just home run draft classes under Brad Holmes as general manager, and that's why they're still here playing today among the final four. I will get to Brad Holmes momentarily here. Uh, let, let's talk dive into the Lions season a little more here first. They certainly had some highs. They had some lows during the regular season. Was there a point during the season where you thought that this season's group could reach the NFC Championship game? You know, they uh, they kind of reinforced all the offseason thoughts that we had, the guys that cover this team had, when they uh, went out to Kansas City to open the NFL's regular season. And on the night where the Chiefs got their rings, hung a new banner, and shot off a bunch of fireworks, the Lions came out of Kansas City winners. And not only that, but they dominated in the crowd, too. I mean, there was such a strong contingent of Lions fans, and it's just been off to the races since. But, yeah, going into Kansas City, opening the season under the lights, one of the youngest rosters, one of the most inexperienced rosters in terms of big games, primetime moments, not even reaching the playoffs. To go in there, I don't care who the Chiefs were missing to beat that team in Kansas City to start the season. That's the moment when it was like, all right, clear off the schedule for January because I'm going to be covering some football. Okay, no trepidation after the disaster at Baltimore against the Ravens? No, because you know what? That was the perfect storm. I mean, that was one of the best performances by a quarterback I've honestly ever seen in the first half, and that was the Ravens' offense, just well-oiled machine clicking on every front. And the one thing that the Lions still struggle with is a rushing quarterback. And when you got a rushing quarterback who can throw the way Lamar Jackson has this year, that's the perfect storm, and it hit them at just the right time. But, I mean, that's the only time this team got blown out of the water and looked like they didn't belong on the field all season. All right, Dan Campbell. Yeah, obviously has a you know just a dominating presence and bravado, uh, and understandably he's become the face of the franchise. You mentioned Brad Holmes. Uh, he's done. Uh, you know he's got some media national media recognition here in the last week or so. Uh, I, I was a little startled by he didn't get more national attention until lately. What what's the you know, what's the opinion of people in the state of Michigan regarding Holmes? Is he, you know, I know I'm sure he's highly thought of, but does he get a ton of attention, or is it just all Dan Campbell? You know, what, Brett Holmes does get a ton of attention locally. I, I because honestly, when he showed up to the combine last year in Indianapolis wearing a villain sweatshirt, that is kind of where it started hitting <laughs> another level, uh, because Lions fans love that kind of stuff, and I mean they were like you'd go to the team account on Twitter and just look at the replies, and it's like, where can I Brad, buy Brad Holmes' hoodie? Where can I buy that hoodie? But, uh, wow. you know, the, the people okay. who follow this team, they know the impact of Holmes. Every single player of that first draft class in 2021 
is still on this roster. There's two first-team mm. All-Pros. There's Derek Barnes, who's a fourth-round pick on that draft class, making the game-clinching interception last week. Afatu Malafanu, fourth-round pick, the first return in the Matthew Stafford trade, has been a revelation down the stretch. No, Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell's the face of this thing. Dan Campbell's the voice the voice of this team, the face of this team 100%. But uh, every time you get a taste of Brad Holmes, this, this uh, fan base eats it up. I mean, you see him after the Rams game going down in the elevator, just jumping up and down, pumping his fists and screaming. That's the type of guy that this fan base, these people in Detroit, these people in Michigan, they, they rally around. So I'll say locally, Brad Holmes is right up there, too. They're trying to build that guy's statue after three years already, too, around here. Good. I'm glad to actually hear that. Okay, so Jared Goff, you know, he started in a Super Bowl, had some good moments for the Rams. How has he developed into this level of a quarterback with the Lions? Yeah, nobody has ever made me eat my words more than Jared Goff after that first season in Detroit. But it, it, that really starts with Dan Campbell, kind of what I mentioned 2021 when they relieve Anthony Lynn of his play-calling duties. Anthony Lynn, a great coach, great offensive-minded coach. It just was not clicking here. It wasn't clicking with Goff. When Dan took over the play calling, promoted Ben Johnson to passing game coordinator, that, that's when it took off. And then in that first offseason, heading into 2022, last season, Goff and Johnson sat down, kind of formulated their playbook, what they'd want to do, what they don't want to do, what they think they can do well, what they can't do well. And honestly, since then, it's just been arrow up. Arrow up. Goff, football player, human being, media, <laughs> media interviewee, is a completely different person. The comfort, the confidence is just off the charts. And, I mean, he is tailor-made to play in this Ben Johnson offense because his accuracy, the ability on his timing throws, and the thing the thing that his teammates and his coaches say about him is that he's always the same guy, no matter the moment. He is not thrown off by this big stage because, like you said right there, he's been here before. He is, he is the center of this franchise. We said it all year. This team will go as far as Jared Goff can take them. And right now they're still playing. They're in the NFC title game. First time in more than 30 years. Won two playoff games for the first time in the Super Bowl era. And uh, just, um, you know, I mean, I just go back to that wild card game against the Rams. You know, you got the franchise icon, Matthew Stafford, coming back into town. They boo him. And the crowd is chanting Jared Goff for about three and a half of the next four hours. And then they were again doing it next weekend, too. So uh, the city has embraced him. I mean, he truly is home. And it's truly to a point where it's hard to think about the Lions without thinking about Jared Goff being here. And that's uh, not what I was saying in 2021, but I will gladly eat my words because he has proven me wrong. Ben Raven of MLive.com, curling in the sports zone. The Lions win healthy. They have the best offensive line in the NFL. That's win healthy. This week, Joni Jackson is out, starting left guard. Center Frank Ragnow expected to play despite leg and ankle injuries. First up, how do you think uh, – how much will the Lions miss Jackson in this game this week? You know, they, they will miss Jonah Jackson quite a bit because I think he can just look – Coyote Alasica, he's going to get the start again this week, and it looks like he filled in for Jackson last week. He, uh, he allowed six pressures on his, like, 28 pass blocking snaps, and five of those were to Vita Bay. And you just look at the guys up and down the 49ers defensive line, and that, that is a problem, you know, and – they think in, they think Coyote's a developmental guy, but to be forced starting him against arguably the best, if not one of the best defensive lines in the league, is uh, not where they want to be because Jonah Jackson, that's a guy that doesn't get a lot of national recognition for how he's been the last three years. And it's a shame because he's been so durable and so tough, and he's just had so many problems this year. And obviously, 
you know, a slight tear in his meniscus and having surgery. I mean, they're hopeful they could get him back for a potential Super Bowl run, but not having him this weekend is a pretty big speed bump in getting to that point. And yeah, Frank Ragnow, I have no doubt in my mind he will play this weekend. He is, uh, he is this league's warrior. Uh, his injuries are so long that it bleeds into the other page of the injury report right now, and there's just like no doubt in the world that he's going to play. He sprained his ankle, sprained his knee last week, and played all 73 offensive snaps, and he was already dealing with back pain, veteran rest issues, and uh, I think ankle injuries already. So it's just and toe injuries. I mean, he's just uh, Frank Ragnow deserves every bit of recognition he's getting right now because he is uh, this league's Iron Man right now. To me, I think you mentioned the defensive line from San Francisco. To me, I think that one of the biggest questions of this week's game is, you know, whether the the Lions' offensive line can actually reach the second level of the 49ers' defense to prevent, uh, you know, their playmaking linebackers Fred Warner and Drake uh, Drake uh, Greenlaw to make plays. How do you see that matchup? Yeah, it's it's you know the Lions are going to really have to take a page out of the Packers' book last week and. You know, and this is one thing the Lions have done well all season is they have got good blocking out of their backs, their wide receivers, and their tight ends because I, that, that line is going to have to stand pad, I think. I think the Lions are going to have to use a ton of motion to get to that second level. I think they're going to have to use some eye candy for sure, and it's going to be done nonverbal probably too in that environment. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough. It's going to be tough, but I will say this. I'm on Ross St. Brown. He's not just one of the best receivers in the league. He's one of the most willing and best blocking receivers in the league too. And uh, he's going to have to play a key role in getting a body on those guys because that defensive line is stout. But like you just said, I mean, those are some serious next level playmakers at the second level. The Lions, uh, you know, they, at least from afar, and I'm from afar here, uh, they've unleashed Jameer Gibbs in recent weeks. David Montgomery is good at what he does, but how much more uh, has Gibbs changed this offense, his increased use? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we saw the vision with him as a dynamic playmaker, a receiver, just a, an offensive weapon, but what Gibbs has done, as a running back and how he's developed as an all-around running back has honestly added pages to already one of the most versatile multiple offensive attacks in the game with Ben Johnson calling the shots. Uh, I just, that cut he made last week on his 31-yard touchdown run there late in the game, that's one of the best cuts I've ever seen in my life, and I grew up watching Barry Sanders, and I'm not comparing him to Barry Sanders, but uh, his, his dynamic ability to change directions, make people miss, while still having enough power to go between the tackles, is very special. That said, they love they love punching defenses in the face with David Montgomery, and I think I think it's going to be a heavy, heavy, heavy weekend for both of those guys against the Niners because the Lions know that if they want to win this game, they've got to rely on their rushing attack. They've got to open things up with the play action. But yeah, Gibbs. Without Gibbs, I don't think the Lions are playing this weekend. You mentioned that cut. That was against the Antoine Winfield Jr. too. I mean, it wasn't right. you know, some scrub. I mean, that was <laughs> one of the maybe the best safety in the NFL this year. Uh, so that yeah, was even more impressive. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was ridiculous. All right. The rookie class. You mentioned the two thousand twenty one rookie class. This year's rookie class. Uh yeah, Gibbs and Sam Laporta and Jack Campbell and Brian Branch. Uh, you know, we yeah. already talked about Gibbs just now. Yeah, talk about the contributions of Laporta, Campbell, and Branch. Oh, just Sam Laporta. You know, we saw it. We honestly saw it in pajama season, even when they showed up for rookie minicamp and OTAs and stuff like that. Like, okay, this kid looks different. And then it was that first practice that Jared Goff with the pads on at training camp. It was like, 
you kind of saw the similarities in their immediate connection on some of those timing throws that he had with Amon Ross St. Brown, even when he was breaking in as a rookie. And it's just Laporta just immediately being the number two option on an offense with a ton of great options. I, I just, he's been better blocking than he gets credit for. And he's just no, tailor made to play with Jared Goff because his ability to get open and add more after the catch on those deep crossers has just been, it's just been unbelievable. And he, he's just going to continue to get better. Jack Campbell, someone that they tried moving around a little more just because they wanted to get him on the field. They've got some newfound depth at linebacker, So they just tried rushing the passer with him, putting him on the edge a little. That didn't work out. Since they moved him back into his more natural role, he's continued to look better. He's continued to look more comfortable and, uh, what can you say about Brian Branch? I mean, I, I, I think that this kid's going to be the best nickelback in the league before way too long, and he's already in that discussion because he just has a knack for the ball, and he hits at the line like he's a linebacker. And just between Branch and Melifondo's ability on the blitz for this defense to manufacture pressure, I just it's been paramount to their success. And I just I think Brian Branch proved everybody right to who they thought they were and that they thought that was a steal of the draft because I'm telling you right now, I, I, I don't understand how he made it past the first round because he is just day one starter and he's never going to let go of that spot as long as he's healthy. I actually remember saying that the day after the draft. You know, I loved him yeah. in Alabama. I, mean, I remember he was a freshman at Alabama and he caught my attention. Uh, so, you yeah. know, I was uh, mystified that he was still around after the first yeah. day. We're talking uh, lines with Ben Raven of MLive.com. Okay, so specifically, uh, what are some of the uh, so-called keys in your mind for the game on Sunday against the 49ers? Yeah, the, I, the three keys in my mind for the Lions to win this game is they've got to get a takeaway in the first half. Absolutely have to get a takeaway in the first half to get to flip the field once. they got to continue to be able to generate pressure. I don't care if it's from Aiden Hutchinson putting the defensive line on his back or manufacturing blitzes for Branch or Melifanu. And the third one is the running game has to be what it was during the regular season. Gibbs had that great run last week. It just hasn't been the efficient, well-oiled machine that we kind of got used to seeing around here the last four weeks. And that includes David Montgomery. I mean, if they can really get those guys going the way they were in the meat of the season, they're going to hang with this team. You know, I I don't love their chances, but they're going to hang with this team. If they can do those three things and give themselves a shot, and that's all they need. This team has proven if they're – in it in the fourth quarter, they can steal one. They can beat anybody. So I think you just answered my next question, but I assume <laughs> that uh, if the Lions don't win, do you think they cover the seven-point underdog number? Um, my my official contractually ob- obligated prediction for the newspaper has been 49ers <laughs> 27, Lions 17. <laughs> so Ooh. I do not have okay. them covered. Uh oh. Okay. <laughs> One other thing I want to get to. Uh, the, it's been quite a month uh, for uh, yeah. the state of Michigan sports here. Uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh leaving the U of M for the Chargers. I'm curious. Are the locals saying thanks, Jim? You beat Ohio State the last three years and won a national championship, or are they are some of them upset that he left. You know, there might be a select few upset, but honestly, it is thank you. I think the last three years have prepared that fan base for expecting him to leave. Once an NFL job, the right one came and the right fit came. And, you know, going 40-3, and three, winning three Big Ten titles, going to the playoffs three years in a row, and ending with a national championship, uh, the job was finished. And I think that there is a love affair with Sharon Moore, and even with the idea of Mike Hart possibly, you know, climbing the ladder here. So I, I think it has been overwhelmingly – Thank you, and good luck. 
Okay, it's Sharon Moore is going to be the next coach, right? I assume. Is it, yeah, I'm, I'm out, would, stepping, yeah, stepping, stepping out of bounds there. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, and you no, mentioned that feels you, very likely to happen in the next week. <laughs> you, you mentioned Mike Hart. I mean, what kind of role would he play? That's a great question because I think if you would have talked to people when he first joined the staff that he was kind of one of those next guys in waiting. But uh, just the work he's done with some of those running backs and. You know, I, I, I know Blake Corum has been the stud for two years running, but getting continuing to get big games when they need it most out of Donovan Edwards and moving guys' positions around. I think he's just really proven to be a natural developer and a strong leader. And, you know, the one thing that is important in Ann Arbor is uh, he's got that Michigan man background, and they're never going to be able to <laughs> escape how important that is with a large portion of that school and fan base. And I'm sure that they're really happy that Michigan stayed once again his little brother, right? Back in the day, that was uh, the Mike Hart statement I remember. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, Michigan fans basically don't know if Michigan State exists anymore at this point of the relationship. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people in the world that don't know if Michigan State really exists anymore. I mean, even even basketball, they're not as dominant as they have been. So, so Michigan fans, uh, I don't know about the – we won't get into the Michigan basketball program right now. Though. No, I'll, I'll leave that part out. There. <laughs> All right. Hey, Ben, good stuff. This has been great. I appreciate it. Thanks. And uh, have, have fun. I'm, this is quite a month and uh, quite a year. And, uh, you know, I, I, this isn't going to be a one-year thing for the Lions, so I'm sure this is going to continue and uh, you know, build and so forth in the future. So good luck. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me and definitely going to get used to working this long. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, too. Yeah, it is, it is a long season. I can only – I just hope to see cover a playoff game with the Cardinals before I, in, in my existence. I'm 66. And I, they got to hurry up. Uh, they got. They got to get they, it going. They, you know what? I'll uh, be pulling for you there too. <laughs> and they won too many damn games this year, and they get the fourth pick. So they they screwed <laughs> that up too. All right, pay, yeah, thanks, right. Ben. Have, right. have a good day. Yeah. We appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, next segment, phone call time, 